Well, welcome everyone to the Robin Walters show today. Goodness sakes, uh, the stuff that's going on. Uh, boy, I feel like I need to cut out some of the music to fit more stuff into the program. But anyway, if you'd like to reach me, questions, comments, whatever, uh, redskyradio777 at gmail.com. Redskyradio777 at gmail.com. And before we go any farther, I am going to continue for a second week here uh, the vote, which you can send to that email address for who you would select and choose as Trump's VP candidate. Not that we haven't had enough participation. I'm just thinking there needs to be another week, and partly with this explanation. Everybody has heard me ballyhoo and laud Vivek Ramaswamy, and everybody's heard me shred Nikki Haley. I don't take either of those things back. Um, But I also have thought that maybe what I'm saying on the air is influencing the response, and the people who are not responding are those who maybe would not choose Ramaswamy, or maybe they like Nikki Haley. I just want to reiterate, um, pick whoever you want. I'm going to thank you for your response, no matter, or try to, depending on the number that we get, uh, everybody that votes. And it's really unofficial because I've already laid out my, my bias, right, uh, if that's what it is, quoting the, the best sports announcer of all time, Bob Eufer, who was the voice of University of Michigan football for about 30 years. In his retirement speech, he proudly said, no one has ever accused me of being impartial. And of course, the crowd went wild. I love that. It stuck with me all of these years because I loved it. There's a partiality that's wrong, but there's a partiality as far as a favoritism in the sense that you've got a favorite is not wrong. If you don't have anybody that you're championing, then there's nobody to champion or you don't dare to champion them uh, for whatever reason. And another thing crossed my mind. I don't know what radar this program is on. It's been, uh, it, it could well be on a radar that I haven't uh, found out about yet, and maybe people don't want to write for fear of being tracked back to you know, you're listening to this program. I don't really think that's the case, but I don't don't think that at all. But I also know the day in which we're living where everybody in the government is is spying and calling for more spying and more censorship and everything else. And so that once they can take down Donald Trump, then they can come after you and me. Well, actually, maybe me, but a little before you, but there's a bunch of people ahead of me in that line. Because uh, I'm small potatoes relative to some of the big ones, like Tucker Carlson and so forth, who I am thrilled is having this interview with uh, with Putin. 
Uh, this program is being broad, uh, taped before that has been released, so it could be uh, old news by the time uh, you get this program. Anyway, uh, starting with some good news with a, with a concern. Uh, Greg Abbott is vowed to enforce the law in, Tex- in Texas. I mean, he's gone on to say and signed a bill this past Monday which will give Texas the ability to criminally, criminally prosecute anybody who's in Texas illegally to handle immigration enforcement. In fact, if they get to the point where the person is crossed back in, repeat offenders, uh, they can be penalized for up to 20 years in prison. Now, for all that are breaking in and doing this, um, they're going to have to build new prisons. That's for sure. But I think Texas is willing to do what is uh, called of them to do because nobody else is doing it, but they're sitting right on the front line. That's great news. The other problem here is, though, it's also crunch time because Biden has now said he's going to nationalize the National Guard, starting with all places, Alaska, to send down helicopters with some troops. I think they've got like 20 personnel. Uh, You know, it could be let the firing begin. If Texas buckles, it certainly is over. Texas has to just kind of flip the bird to Biden and say, no, we are in the right. We are under in the right under multiple places in the Constitution, not limited to just the one that I've been citing for the last three years now, Article 1, Section 10, which gives the, the states the right, if the Fed is not doing anything, if there's an, an invasion that's occurring or imminent, that the action of the state will not, uh, the situation does not permit or admit of delay, then the state can do whatever it has to do whatever it needs to do to protect themselves. This is sort of like the Second Amendment provision applied to states specifically. Although the Second Amendment itself actually also applies to states. If you read it, it actually applies to states and uh, by inclusion individuals. So we're going to see what happens, but right now they appear to be ready to stand up and I hope they don't stand down. They got to stand up, or we are—we're toast. And maybe there's no—maybe there is no state that will secede from the union, which is probably what's necessary. Next, because um, this is going to be a dominantly political, of course, with biblical guardrails kind of program. It's just where we are this week. Um, and I'm going to end with a story you won't believe that will probably convince you because it's convinced me that I think the uh, the jig is up for the United States. It's a, actually a sequel to last week's program, which we ta- entitled "Is the United States Are We Committing National Suicide?" But I want to first go to this whole thing about Swift, which I have also shredded on multiple occasions. Not that she probably isn't a nice person, but that she's totally and royally screwed up. This whole idea about her coming out and endorsing Joe Biden, that she might do this. Understand, she's got 290 to 300, 300 million 
followers on Instagram. 18% of the Generation Z population has said that without thinking further, they will vote the way Taylor Swift recommends. Which, of course, means Generation Z has a bunch of losers. Taylor Swift is, frankly, not that swift. The Swifties aren't that swift. If you're going to vote based upon what some ignorant, disengaged superstar says, then, frankly, God just does need to judge us and hurry, get it over with and bring us back to reality. She's all LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ. She's pro-queer marriage. I haven't really heard what she says about tranny. I'm sure she's for it. I did verify since the last program she's pro-abortion. And Biden wants her wants her endorsement. If she sways the election, if you need any other confirmation that we're done, that would be it. If somebody who doesn't know jack crap squat diddly about anything biblical, and she's embarrassed about the biblical basis of her home state, Tennessee, and she's embarrassed about the Tennessee legislature because they're Republican and they uh, don't want tranny surgeries in that state and prohibited them. If, if she's embarrassed about everything that's moral and righteous, what does that tell you when a whole bunch of people vote the way that a moral and, un, Im, I'm sorry, immoral and unrighteous person advocates, then we are a pack of losers. Seriously? People are going to would vote based upon somebody's Instagram. I mean, you know, in um, I could I suppose I could fantasize. Maybe I shouldn't use that word because uh, she, like I said, I find her frankly ugly. But uh, for reasons I'm not going to go into again. But I can sort of fantasize about this. She's up on a national stage. Every camera in the world is on her, waiting for an endorsement. She says, I'm here to endorse the man who I think can do this and do that and do this and do that. And I, with a great big smile on her face, says, I'm here to proudly endorse Donald J. Trump. Now, she would find out what fandom in the left world is uh, not like. <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe she's, uh, maybe she's smart enough to just keep her yap shut uh, and people speculate. Okay, moving along. To Nikki Haley, uh, who, <laughs> interestingly, as you well know, lost in Nevada when she was the only candidate on the ticket. How do you lose when you're the only candidate on the ticket? Well, because there's a box to check uh, none, basically basically none of the above, and that got uh, over two-thirds of the vote. None of the above basically won by over two-thirds of the vote. But she has to be declared a winner because under Nevada law, none of the above can be a winner. But so she'll be declared the winner. And as I explained a couple of weeks ago, she got into that because it's a beauty contest because she knew she couldn't beat Trump in the caucuses. What determines who wins Nevada? The caucuses. The caucuses. The, the primary is a beauty contest. And you can't pick both. You could not pick both. You had to pick one or another. Trump's smart. Nikki Haley is after left-wing money. 
She's she wants a job on MSNBC when this is all over, so she can drift farther to the left than she already has. She's a loser. I can't stand her. Uh, and this whole thing about her fan, the fake anti-Trump fan mail she has put out. This is how, frankly, unintelligent Nikki Haley is and flat-out stupid are her handlers. Why? <clears throat> because she has posted uh, this fan mail on her website about people writing in how they love her and how they support her and everything. And all it is is a screenshot of an unsent email. Okay, when it, co- when it comes to tech stuff, I'm a numbskull. So I would not have detected this, but people with the most basic Internet skills, which I don't, I guess I don't have by admission just now. Notice that this is just a screenshot. And she's done it a couple of times. In other words, somebody in Haley's camp put together this self-congratulatory personal adoration email telling Nikki how much do we need her to stay in the race, blah, blah, blah. We love you. We got your back. All that usual kind of garbage. And then took a picture of the screenshot on the computer, and the send button has not been hit. Now, they then send out an email, or they send uh, they put it on the website and everything as proof that it was not an incoming email. It was a self-congratulatory Haley composed campaign email that they were so stupid they did not even, I guess I am too, right? They did not even notice the fact that it was not sent, or they did notice, but they didn't do anything about it and thought they could pull the wool over people's eyes. Then the other self-congratulatory one is a handwritten one that they put up and Oh, my gosh, she got riddled as she should, shredded as she should, because the handwriting in this allegedly handwritten letter that then was copied and emailed to her, every single letter is exactly the same for that particular letter. Every single O has the exact contour, every T, every L. It is so computer-generated. And one guy wrote in, are you so stupid that you can't even change up the font? You can't change the font to try to conceal the fact that you've generated this yourself or some numbskull generated it, somebody who's working and, and trying to create an obviously fake handwritten message on top of then the screenshot that shows, shows that the emails that are, you're supposedly receiving, you generated and you photo, you took pictures of them. They were, they were, they were self-generated that never went out. They would never were anything that came in. Now, one more thing about Nikki before I'm done with her, because I really don't like talking about her. You see, it's these kind of stories that are probably keeping some people who listen to this program 
from writing to me and telling me that they would vote, they would have Nikki as Trump's VP candidate. Um, <laughs> I understand why there is that reluctance, but uh, she's overplaying her hand. She's not pulling out of this. She got destroyed by none of the above in Nevada. When you when there is nobody to be beaten, and you can't beat nobody, you need to get out. You got creamed in the first two Nevada. I'm mean, I'm mean, sorry in uh, Iowa, New Hampshire. You got punched in the face in what was embarrassing. Even one of her campaign people said anonymously, "This is an incredible embarrassment," and yet she's plugging on in South Carolina. And I hope she gets absolutely humiliated all the way through Super Tuesday. She's overplaying her hand. She sidled up to the leftist to get leftist money. She wants to stay in this race in the belief that Trump is going down. And then she thinks that by this strategy, she's the only other person in the race. And then she is there as heir apparent to assume the mantle if DT is out. This is how bad her handlers are. If Trump goes down, and he goes down with a well-established fact that in part has been fueled by money that Nikki Haley's biggest donor used to fund E. Jean Carroll's lawsuit against Trump, and she will be attributed to the fact with the fact that she with lefting money and in what has become a virtually incestuous relationship with the media, even though we now know she's had two affairs that she has lied about, and Trump has finally done well enough to shut his trap and not talk about that. She's going to be attributed to the fact with the fact of bringing Trump down. She'll be the big leftist hero. What what Republican other than a complete numbskull would vote for her? She would have become utterly detestable because most Republicans, true Republicans, will realize she's not the heir apparent to the throne. These just kind of turned into the political slut. You see, if she had done the honorable thing and bowed out after New Hampshire and actually then said, you know, Donald is a man. He's won it fair and square. I can't compete against that. Um, If he's the nominee, I will support him. I'm running against him now, but I need to bow out in the interest of saving Republican money. If she took the honorable approach to that, people would think differently about her if Trump is knocked off the ballot or knocked out in whatever way, shape, or form that occurs. And we know, you know, last week I mentioned that one other things in their playbook, which everybody, the left's playbook, which everybody thinks about, everybody knows about, but they aren't, they aren't willing to to say it, and I understand why they aren't willing to say it, is the fact that um, the left really does want him assassinated. Everybody knows that. And they are they capable and willing to do that if nothing else works? 
Yes, if they don't think they can ramp up the cheat program to a hyper level enough to steal it, then they'll do that. And to that point, catch this, a hot mic, a live mic recorded among journalists when Trump is expected to arrive at the federal courthouse in New York. I listened to it. You need to listen to it. it you can get it on Disclose.tv. Disclose.tv. The journalists, or the so-called propagandists is what they are, they are talking about wh- where they need to position themselves to get a good shot of Trump. I understand that because there are photographers there, too. They didn't say get a good shot at Trump. They said a good shot of Trump from their vantage point. But it quickly turned to bringing up the and reminiscing about and then mentioning Trump. Why doesn't he arrive in a convertible? And the talk starts to go to the JFK assassination and riding in a convertible. The implications are obvious. They were talking about what would be a good way to assassinate Trump. Laughing about it, but he needs to show up in a convertible. Make it easy. This is just... Does this surprise me? No. It should not, if you've listened to this program for any length of time, it should not surprise you either. This is how far gone, how far in the tank... The media is Hollywood, sports, all the major league sports teams are into the BLM, the CRT, the blah, blah, blah. I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I'm not. Because I don't want to watch 15 clips one second as they are of Taylor Swift going goo goo gaga up in the thing. No. And with the millions watching it, and many women just so they can watch her. And she comes, oh, man, I just can't even think. Well, yeah, like I said, um, we're toast. Now, I don't want to let Biden off the hook here. we got to keep going on him because I just got too much that absolutely has to be said about this guy. And we're going to end, when we get to the end of this program, you are going to understand fully and totally within one paragraph, which I will read, of what's going on and why this is happening. Much of which I want to give a shout-out to a faithful radio listener. I call him my Red Sky Radio Las Vegas Bureau Chief. I'll leave him nameless for his protection, who was the one who first informed me of the strategy the left is using beginning back really with Hillary Clinton and Barack Hussein O'Biden. Yeah, that's right. Uh, hey, to break the pace real quickly, don't buy any Oreos. Oreo has gone totally over the over the edge into a ridiculous relationship with the LGBT agenda. Oh, my gosh, they're awful. If I, uh, if I forget and put a Oreo in my mouth, which I shouldn't do. Anyway, 
But if I forget and then remember while it's in my mouth, I'm going to spit it out. And maybe I'm going to spit it out in front of people so I can tell everybody why I'm spitting it out. Okay, so back to Joey, baby. Joey, I'm your left-wing puppet, Biden, who this week, uh, gaffe number 194, referring to having talked with uh, some uh, Mitterrand of France, France who's been dead for decades. But you know what? Maybe he's pulling, um, you know, an Eleanor Roosevelt thing, channeling with the dead. And Hillary did that. I don't know if you recall that, but Hillary had come out and she actually referenced kind of the Eleanor Roosevelt channeling about, and I can't, I can't quote her exactly. The implication was that she was doing it too. And you know where, um, <laughs> uh, well, I, I won't get into it. I keep wanting to go make a left or a right turn here. And I'm mindful of that passage from Scripture, which I think is in Isaiah 30, and I think it's verse 21, about when there is a voice in your ear, and a voice in your ear that will talk, says, turn left or turn right, meaning listening to the Holy Spirit. And my goodness, you've got to listen to I think you need to listen to every program, frankly, of Sunday Morning with Robin Walter. I mean, God is opening up things to me. The application of Scripture to it's overwhelmingly biblical and overwhelmingly applicable to what is happening right now. It may be the most in-the-moment ministry out there. Well, I, don't, I can't say that. But anyway, it feels like that to me because I sense the Holy Spirit speaking to me and through me in that program. Not that he doesn't hear, but this is a different kind of a program. But Joe Biden, whether there's, you know, who knows who he's channeling. He's probably probably channeling Barack Obama, who is channeling George Soros, who's channeling Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. All right? And that is possible because all those jokesters are alive. So we attack Syria and Iraq. All right? Uh, We're going to go through this thing, and we're going to, I'm going to show you just how incredibly disingenuous and what a liar, pathological liar, Biden is. So let me ask you a question. Did he launch the attack in Syria because, and, and, and Iraq because he really loves Israel and his staff loves Israel? No. No, he's, he's got, he has had, as the Democrats have had for a number of years, a lot of Jewish support. Why the Jews support Democrats are clueless. They're smart people, incredibly intelligent people. In fact, IQ tests have shown that the Jews sit at the top of the IQ level. That's right. I won't get into that. Whole other story. See, I keep wanting to make these left and right turns, but they aren't of the Holy Spirit. That's why I brought up that passage. Isaiah thirty twenty one. I never finished my comment. Talk about hearing in your ear about going left and going right. And and you will hear that in uh, the upcoming programs on Sunday morning with Robin Walter. But right now, the Holy Spirit is telling me, don't go left and don't go right. Keep marching on. I should have finished my thought. I didn't. So why is he launching the attacks? Because he just loves Israel. 
look, he's got he's got a volume of pro-Iranian. He's got Iranians in the administration. He's got a ton of pro-Palestinian people in the administration. The fox is guarding the hen house in the Biden regime. They're pressing against him. But he wants the big Jewish dollars for his campaign that will come if he at least maintains a nominal support for Israel. Because he doesn't love Israel. Maybe he doesn't hate Israel as much as Barack Hussein hates Israel, who hates Jews. We know that. Gosh, I got the quotes. Is he launching the attacks because Syria and Israel, because they killed three soldiers? No, not even close. Is he uh, launching the attack against Syria and Iraq because he just hates Iraq? Uh, No, because he just gave him $6 billion to free six hostages. No, he's attacking Iraq and Syria because what? He's running for re-election. That's all. Why would he let the Iraqis know where he's going to bomb and let Syria know where he's going to bomb so they can clear any civilians out there so he can make it look like he's being the really good patriotic Joe to get elected. He's saying, Iran, help me get elected. We'll be right back. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. There are three wooden crosses on the right side of the highway. Why there's not four of them, now I guess we know. It's not what you take when you leave this world behind you. It's what you leave behind you when you go. There are three wooden crosses on the right side. We are back. This is Robin Walter with the Robin Walter Show. I'm just going to throw in here. I am having um, a new solicitation made for the Sunday morning with Robin Walter program. And right now, I think I have possibly five grandchildren uh, wanting to audition to do that little uh, snippet. And uh, who knows? Uh, those who are good enough, um, I may just do use all of them and rotate them through. I don't know. It's kind of funny. And uh, funny and fun and fulfilling. Okay, but back to Joey. Joey No Brains here. So we covered why Biden launched the attack and why he did launch the attack. He's running for re-election. He made sure 
that Iran and Syria knew where he was going to attack because he wanted the appearance of blowing up supposedly critical assets of theirs, but didn't want to be labeled with having killed uh, any civilians. And, of course, no one in Iraq and Syria has let up on any degree whatsoever of supporting Palestine. And they're not pulling back at all on continuing attacks against the United States. Joey has basically said, Iran, help me get reelected. And I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll just, does, it, does this mean war? People might say with Iran, no, of course. He means war against Texas. That's the only war Joey's really intent on having. What a political stunt and ridiculous that it is. But I want to go a step further to show the disingenuous, lying, spineless nature of this president. I'm sure he's making Obama proud. We lose three soldiers with Jean-Pierre, Karine Jean-Pierre, lesbian. What a moron. Uh... The whole regime is just staffed with dumb and evil people. She couldn't say the word brave. What is, I think I caught them. She said, describing the three soldiers, how brave they were seven times. Brave, 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 brave. How brave these brave. And she got so muddled and tangled up in her speech because she knew she was lying. Are they brave? Of course not. What are they sitting in their barracks working on a Jeep? I don't know what they're doing when the attack hit. Is it sad that three got killed? Yeah. But that was an attack. I mean, we don't, when three people, do, do we lower the flag when 21 people are shot and killed in Chicago every weekend? No. Do we? Do, no. They, they aren't brave. They aren't cowards. They're just doing their job. They're just getting paid, and they're part of the Georgia National Guard, which tells you how sick and sorry our recruiting efforts have been if we have to pull up National Guard in peacetime, in peacetime to staff our military service. That is how badly our military is hurting. But the hypocrisy, we lose three. And we're going to attack Iraq and Syria. But Israel loses 1,200 on October 7th. So let's just stack these up here. We lose three who are soldiers, not brave, not a big deal. They're in the army. They're getting paid. It's their job. Come on, don't make heroes out of people who are just doing their job and getting paid to do it. Makes me want to barf. But Israel loses 1,200 people. But Biden wants to rein in Israel for responding to an attack that cost Israel 1,200 lives and a bunch of hostages. But then he wants to unleash on Iraq and Syria in the safest way he can, wants to unleash on them for three people that we lose. Guess what? The 1,200 Israel lost weren't on the job. They weren't in the army. They weren't getting paid to be at that music fest or whatever it was out in the desert. Biden's regime simply wants to limit 
Israel's response for something that is worthy of response. Now, understand this. If you take the population of Israel compared to the population of the United States, to lose 1,200 Israelis is the equivalent of losing 40,000 American citizens. That's right. If you put it in proportion, 40,000 American citizens would have to die many multiple times how many died in 9-11. And look what we did there. That's how many would have to die soldiers or civilians, 40,000, to equal the 1,200 that Israel lost because they're such a small country. There's only 7 million of them. And yet, he is wanting Israel to limit its response. Did we limit our response after 9-11? Of course not. So we lost 1,200 in Israel. I'm sorry, Israel loses 1,200. We lose three. And then he goes on a fake obliteration tour of Iraq and Syria. My gosh. What is this? Impeachment cause number 93 and the whole border fiasco is 94, 95, 96, and 97. If you can't get impeached for something that justifies secession of the states for failure to close the border, my gosh. Well, now don't get me wrong. I am glad we're knocking out stuff in Syria and Iran. I am just appalled and aghast at the degree of the hypocrisy that constitutes and makes up Democrats and the left-wing media. Boy, oh boy. Uh, so, Karine Jean Pierre, lesbienne. Let's go back to the. Let's get to the border thing, because that's what's next. She makes the incredibly preposterous lie. Does she think that everybody in the press room is as dumb and stupid as she is? She's a nitwit. She's a numbskull who loves her job, and I don't know, is it because she's black? Is it because she's female? Is it because she's a lesbo? That she's protected from attacks from all? Not She's not protected from this program. I don't care who you are. You talk like her. I don't care if the guy is, if it's a white male Christian reform, quote the Westminster Confession. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scathe and skewer that guy for the kind of garbage that Karine Jean-Pierre Lesbienne is spouting if he spouted it. I'm an equal opportunity accuser when the accusation is rooted in the attempt to bring lies to the surface. I got a very nice compliment from a host, another host on another another radio program, of course, and I, I, I appreciate this. He referred to me as John the Baptist. And I, I like that only because it does fit what I do. John the Baptist never said 
much nice, many nice things about anybody other than Jesus. Yeah, he didn't talk about a lot of people other than the scribes, the Pharisees, the chief priests, the elders, who he skewered, Herod, who he skewered, because not only was he uh, sleeping with and married his brother Philip's wife Herodias, which was unlawful, but it says in the book of Luke, for all of the evils that Herod did, John the Baptist held him publicly accountable. Now, my only concern with that is uh, John the Baptist was beheaded. But anyway, hey, you know what? You do what you got to do. But so Corinne Jean-Pierre, lesbienne, said the Republicans, the Republicans are holding up the border deal. I have a question to ask you. Corinne Jean-Pierre, lesbienne, a question to ask you. Since when does the president require a deal to perform his oath of office? Since when does the president require a deal to secure our border? Since when does the president require a deal to uphold his obligations under the Constitution? This is why... I would have to say Joe Biden is the domestic terrorist in chief. And I'm not even to the worst of it yet. We're getting there. The president's got to have a bargain, Jean-Pierre. He's got to cut a deal to do what he is supposed to do. I mean, it would be like me saying, somebody hires me. I take the retainer to perform a particular law task, and I, I sign the contract. I sign the, this is what I'm going to do. And then I go back and say, you know what? Uh, if you really want me to do this, you're just going to have to pay me an extra $10,000 or something, or whatever. You're going to have to sweeten this thing. Oh, I know I'm supposed to do the other. I'm contractually obligated. That's what I told you I'd do. But I want more. If you really want me to do this, we need to cut a deal. Oh, my gosh. Okay. An embarrassment. The Republicans don't impeach Mayorkas. I totally supported this, but I didn't really support impeaching Biden because impeaching Biden is going to rally left-wing troops and it's going to draw in a whole bunch of money. Biden can die on his own sword because he'll trip and stumble on it and pierce himself accidentally. He's only done it 194 times. And if he didn't have everybody in the world propping him up, he would have been a goner long before. I, as I said, I don't think Donald Trump is going to be the candidate, and I don't think Joe Biden will be the candidate. I could be wrong, but anyway, Mayorkas. I have fully supported impeaching Mayorkas, number one, because he absolutely deserves it. It's a no-brainer, and the fact that the Republicans couldn't pull this off is shameful. Mayorkas is a perfect impeachment. Number one, he's guilty. He hates America. He is an advocate of what you're going to hear in just a few minutes of why this is happening. And it's a way of a blow to the Biden regime without attacking Joe. See, here's the deal. I want Biden running. I want a brain-dead, morally, morally retarded, bankrupt 
hypocritical, lying candidate on the left. Now, that doesn't separate him really much at all from all the other Democratic candidates, with the exception that the others aren't brain dead. They're just as evil, but they aren't brain dead, which actually makes the others, and to some degree, maybe, I don't know, more dangerous. But my, there's a crisis at the border. And for any Republican to suggest that this does not constitute, in law, we call it malpractice. But if this doesn't constitute an impeachable offense, and they now have cut this guy loose, this tells me, Mayorkas, it is not um, accidental what he's doing. It is a disaster to fail to protect our country, which tells me that what Mayorkas is doing, Mayorkas is doing intentionally. He is simply one more left-wing goon squad minion of the, of the left. Now, why is this happening? Okay, this is a part that I baited you with. I hope you took the bait, and I hope you're still with the program, as to why we are where we are. This is a shout-out I gave earlier to the Las Vegas Red Sky Radio Bureau Chief, who will remain nameless, for bringing this to my attention. And I thank him immensely. Absolutely right. This is what's going on. And he did that, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, a long time ago. And it relates to the Cloward-Piven strategy. This is what's happening to the United States. The um, biggest supporter of Cloward-Piven, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the earliest one in this country, was Hillary Clinton, going all the way back to her days in college. Picked up, admired, extolled, lauded by Barack Obama, and now is actually the game plan of the left to destroy the United States. Here it is in one paragraph, and it explains everything. The Cloward-Piven strategy, and it was devised by two people, one last name Cloward, the other one Piven, is a political strategy outlined in 1996 by American socialist and political activist Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven. It is the strategy of forcing forcing political change leading to societal collapse through orchestrated crises. You got that? The strategy of forcing political change leading to societal collapse through orchestrated crises. I'm going to throw in here of my own. These two are Marxists, communists. They're as left as you can get. Back to the quote. The Cloward-Piven strategy seeks to hasten the fall of capitalism by overloading the government bureaucracy with a flood of impossible demands, amassing massive unpayable national debt and other methods such as unfettered immigration, thus pushing society into crisis and economic collapse by overwhelming the system. 
I'm going to read it again quickly. This is it in a nutshell, one paragraph. It is a strategy of forcing political change leading to societal collapse through orchestrated crises. The Cloward-Piven strategy seeks to hasten the fall of capitalism by overloading the government bureaucracy with a flood of impossible demands, amassing massive unpayable national debt and other methods such as unfettered immigration, thus pushing society into crisis and economic collapse by overwhelming the system. There you go. And the only solution for it is if Donald Trump doesn't get elected, and if he does get elected, he doesn't cut the national debt by laying off 82% of everybody who has a job in Washington, D.C., we're done. Unless and until states get up and go, which I think is where it's going to end up and where we are anyway. And for all of you who don't like Donald Trump because of his personality. I get that. I totally get that. But this is important. You you have to understand this about Trump and the way God works. God does not choose perfect men. Well, then what does he choose? He chooses those people or men who are perfect for the job. You see, who's, who's perfect for the job? Not who's the perfect man. You see, if I have a plumbing need, and there's a crusty plumber who I don't like his language, it bothers me how much he's cussing and so forth, but he is a darn good plumber. He's the perfect guy for the job. Not the perfect man, the perfect man for the job. Now, finishing this off, if you want to know what will spell the final doom of the United States. You need to open up your Bible for this one. It is the fact that Blinken, stinking Blinken, and Joey O'Biden are considering a unilateral, one-sided recognition of a Palestinian state. Now, you might say, well, why why is that such a big deal? First of all, you haven't asked Israel. What if, what if Israel simply declared Tennessee as a Jewish state within the United States? Now, now we recognize we're going to have a Jewish embassy, blah, blah, blah. You know, get your nose out of other people's affairs, Joey, and Blinken, these left-wing gigolos. Frankly, is what they are. But I want you to go to the passage in Joel, and it's Joel 3 2. Joel 3 2. And this is going to tell you why this is the end of the United States. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but very, very soon. Coming, as they used to say in theaters, but coming to a country near you. This is the death knell. This is unbelievable but not surprising that these two are going to break with previous policy and just simply recognize, or they're talking about a Palestinian state. We're going to carve out the borders for a state inside of really what is national Israel. Oh, this was a leak, an intentional leak from the State Department to sort of groom 
the playing field and 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 not surprise people so much when it happens and blinken and and biden cannot quit talking about the absolute necessity of a two party israel a, the two state solution well you know what if i didn't believe in god but i know history i would call it the final solution for the Jews, it'd be the end of. But it isn't. God will, God will keep them while we go down the absolute toilet. Here's Joel three two. I will gather the nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and will plead with them there for my people, and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations catch this, and parted or divided my land. Parted, divided my land. It doesn't say want to divide my land. This is written in past tense, who parted my land. That means that if the United States, the most God-fearing nation on the country for decades, goes against Israel, and actually is the most proactive party in the division of Israel, and in fact, without anybody else's consent or agreement, is involved in dividing the land. Past tense. Says God destroys that nation. Now, will it be at the Valley of Jehoshaphat at the end time? Or could he just toast us in the meantime and not wait for that because we have actually done the unthinkable. Now, there are, those, there are those other nations that are desperately trying to divide it, but that is false. You, you know, a two-state solution was rolled out to the Palestinians and they rejected it. It was rejected by others. Why? Because they actually don't want a two-state solution because a two-state solution now recognizes the legitimacy of Israel. They want it wiped off the map. They want it pushed into the sea. They want it gone. This is the this is the amazing irony. Nobody pushes actually for the destruction of Israel more than the United States by pushing more than anyone else a two state solution. The Arabs don't really want it. The Palestinians don't. They talk about it. And if they got it, they've got two different places now to attack Israel with rockets from. There's a a point where Israel would only be eight miles wide if the two-state solution was actually invoked. God will protect them miraculously, but not us. We've toasted our own derriere if we force this. We might be the only nation in the Valley of Jehoshaphat because we are the ones who actually divided, past tense, the land. But if we're the only nation that did that, and we do it now, there's really not any reason for God to not reel the judgment upon us, which would be so fitting and deserving after all of the sin that this nation supports and exports. Where does that leave you and me? Same place as we've always been having done all to stand, to stand therefore. Doesn't change what we're called to do. 
We're still called to sit tall in the saddle. We're still called to ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We'll see you next week.